Welcome to the Bosch Finish Podcast, bringing you honest conversations about wrestling from people you'd watch wrestling with. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. everyone welcome to the go home show from the botch finish i'm your host rob lopaki i'm joined by our my panel of co-hosts this week why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself hi i'm uh pete i'm glad to be uh back recording i mean it's been a long time since i've been on a show with you guys i'm excited to get this rolling Wait, he's actually been on a show with us before? I'm confused. Oh, so uh, you I'm might also on... know me as Mark Out Pete, but uh, I'm rebranding. <laughs> oh, the repark is wonderful. Pete has been upgraded to a full panelist. I hope he doesn't make me regret that. But uh, Lip- 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 why did you hand him the contract? Why did we do this? Big. I climbed the ladder first, that's why. You're supposed to introduce yourself. No one knows who's talking. That is fair. This is Bic. Well, I'm just kind of the resident um, asshole. Can I say that on the show? Am I supposed to avoid swearing? I don't remember the rules. No, My we're, apologies. We're, we're actually, I do think we're marked as a family-friendly show, but until enough people are listening, I don't think it'll be a problem. Amen to that. <laughs> just keep it, uh, don't drop any of like the four bad ones. Well, what would those yeah, be exactly? Well, those would be... Uh, anyway, NC, it's ha- I'm happy to see you here. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. I think we all we all missed getting together and doing this during during the last few months during quarantine. But we're happy to be back. Yeah, no, I, I def- definitely am. In fact, that's something I want to talk about here real quick. But before we do, I do need to give a shout out. Um, we do have new music throughout the show, intros, outros, all of that. I do want to give a shout out to a friend of the show who's providing that. It's A-N-T, really cool up-and-coming artist. Check him out. He's on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, and you can follow him on Twitter like I do. That's at A-N-T, won't stop. All right, anyway, uh, let's get to it. So first things first, let's address the, the elephant in the room, which is why we haven't been here. Corona. Yeah, that's that's definitely the answer. <laughs> One word sums it up. <laughs> and not... No, it is. But honestly, it's probably for the best. It forced us to kind of up our game a little bit, remote recording, and it's led to some really cool things. If you guys have been, um, you know, keeping up with our Twitter and our social media accounts, we have been uh, expanding the blog. We launched a YouTube channel. This is actually going to be among the first videos um, loaded there. So we recommend checking that out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at botched underscore finish. Um, we do have the blog up again. That's botchedfinish.home.blog. Check it out. Uh, most recent article, I'm not ashamed to say, is a 100% correct NXT In Your House takeover predictions. If I do remember a conversation we had, I think you have to give a shout out to one of your panel hosts about some assistance that you I, did. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let you run with it. I'll let you run with it. All right, but any, anyway, before we get to the real meat of the show, do you guys want to say anything to our, our viewers here about our time, your time away? 
I, I just, uh, I don't have anything to say about my time away. I just want to say I appreciate everyone for uh, checking us out and uh, being a listener. And uh, I hope that uh, this whole quarantine time and this, uh, I know it's been a difficult time for everyone. And I just hope everyone's doing well at home. And see? Oh, sure. I'm jumping up. I just kind of hope that we all have used this time maybe to try to find ways to do things in a new and improved manner that obviously quarantine has been a unique experience for all of us to whatever extent we dealt with it, but it basically forced us out of our norms. It made us really break down some walls. If I'm going to use a Jericho lyric just for shits and giggles, um, because it literally forced us to try to find new avenues and new ways to do things. And so I hope that we can try to start finding some silver linings to this really hard time that the whole world has gone through. Well said, well said, Vic. All right. So, uh, just let me, before we get to the honest conversation here, I just uh, need to get the obligated user agreement anchor commercial out of the way. So uh, we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So let's go ahead and move right into the AEW portion of our evening. So getting started with AEW, uh, we're going to talk about that AEW tag division, specifically because I finally have an AEW tag team to root for. Let's give it up for FTR. Woo-woo. No one else? All right, All right man. Well, <laughs> FTR did recently debut. This last Dynamite, they had their debut match against the Butcher and Blade. We also got some really interesting interaction with the Young Bucks after the match. So let me ask you guys this. FTR and AEW. Okay. What do you want to see? What do you think they may be building to? And what tag teams do you think are going to be or will work best with them? Anyone? Like, we're, like as far as the matches we want to see them in? Either matches or storylines, anything. I, what do I'll you say the obvious one, the Bucks. I mean, yeah. Bucks versus FTR is the most exciting possible storyline for me in wrestling right now. Well, great. Didn't undersell it at all there, did you? No, I, I'm not, and I'm not going to undersell it just because, I mean, we've seen the potential of both tag teams on the, on, by themselves. And, I mean, I, I just think that personality-wise, in-ring work-wise, just I think that is something that could be incredibly exciting. I mean, maybe I'm overselling it a little bit, but, I mean, I think that's an incredibly exciting uh, prospect, and that's what I want to see. No, I agree. I talked about it a little bit on the blog. It is what a lot of people are clamoring for. And I will tell you that when it does happen, it is going to be a clash of two of the best opposite in-ring styles in the world, which is what I'm really interested in when it does happen. But real quick, NC, Bic, what do you think about the FTR Young Bucks potential dream match? Yeah, I said it. I'm a little hesitant to go dream match. Go for it, Nick. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant to throw dream match out there. 
but sure, it's cool. But All right, maybe not dream match, maybe greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> okay, well, I will say for a lot of people, it has been bandied about as a dream match. And for a long time, we did not think we would get it. Now, I can tell you that when AEW was announced and the Young Bucks did make their commitment to building the best tag division in the world, at some point, I figured that this would happen. The FTR would show up and we'd be hinting at it. Now, I personally don't think it happens very quickly. I, and judging by this last AEW, I could be wrong. I mean, they did definitely get into it with each other. I just feel like there's more that FTR can do. Now, when it does happen, it'll be great. But let me talk about what I want from FTR in AEW's tag division. Because it's very simple. I want tag team wrestling. I want guys that respect the rules. I want guys that work in a technical tag team style. I want guys who do moves that don't look overly cooperative. Basically, I want FTR. And if FTR is at the... I thought you were going to say you wanted the Bucks. The what? I thought you were saying there that you wanted the Bucks. Nobody's more technical. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, if FTR is at the front, forefront of that tag division, hopefully they're able to set a style in ring that is a little more consistent, a little more adherent to the rules, and really, um, I don't know, is a really puts like traditional style tag team wrestling on display because they're one of the best teams in the world when they're given that chance to do that. Like when they were in NXT and they were multiple time tag team champions, that was what they did. And that's what I want to see AEW let them do. And, um, you know, hopefully they're able to bring along some of the younger teams with them while they do that. Vic, what are your hopes for FTR and AEW? I... We'll actually take a few of your comments and run with that. I hope that they can be the moniker, the basically measuring stick for AEW's tag division. Because if we are going to look towards somebody like the Bucks to be that, and are we going to model the division after them, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch an entire division based upon super kicks. I do. I have made no bones about it for the entire time we've done this podcast. And for every, ever since they were generation me, Back in TNA. Glorified spot monkeys. You're the biggest. What was it? What? You are the biggest Young Bucks hater I know. Not even close. Not even close. No. So many more people that hate the Young Bucks with the passion. Yeah. That I'm like, all I look at them is go, is go, I don't really want them in anything called wrestling. So if I want to deem this as the greatest wrestling match ever, no. The greatest entertainment match, perhaps. You know what I mean? Maybe something along those lines. That I'm just over that style, and I will probably never be under that style. All right. Well, so, do you have do you have a particular team? If it's not the Bucks, you would like to see them go at or work with? Yeah, Lucha Bros. Oh God, I like that. We could do that. Hundred percent. Um, like. I don't need to see any of it, especially if I get to have the Lucha Bros as heels and I get to watch FTR, however you want to phrase that, as kind of more working the face role. The idea of watching them be a little bit down and grimy and dirty and, yeah, some real tag team wrestling. Like you said, we get back to the NXT days of the revival going at American Alpha and watching the true tag team psychology in those matches. Can we get back to that? 
real tag team wrestling. We're not talking who's the best hot tag bullshit WWE likes to put on. Vic, who's the best match that Revival has ever worked with? American Alpha. You think that's the best match they ever had? I don't. I'll give it to DIY. It's, it's DIY, and it's not. Yeah, but the but DIY are not the Bucks. If you're trying to draw a comparison between DIY to the Young Bucks, that's a very, very, very long line. No. So originally, I was gonna gonna say in in contrast to Pete's point, I don't necessarily love the in ring fit between those two teams. I I don't. That doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't mesh well, at least not yeah. on the surface. No, and, and there could be some really strong storytelling and ring psychology based off each other trying to, to match the other style or, or get them in. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it, it doesn't appeal to me on the surface. But I was just more going against the point of I don't necessarily see the revival as, as working only best with that style of, of talent. Tag teams. I like them with a faster paced team. Now again, the Bucks, you're either with them or you're against them as far as what they do. So Okay. Well, and I get that. I mean the revival are very versatile. They can work with all those tag teams. And while they are gonna put on great matches with the likes of the Bucks and Private Party and um TH two if they ever really get some momentum behind them, you know, those real high flyer, uh high spot, highlight heavy type, you know, uh teams. I don't have any doubts that Revival is going to have great matches with them. In fact, I don't have any doubts that at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to see any bad FTR matches. Because fact is, is those guys are hungry. They're tired of being undervalued and overlooked, and they're ready to make a, make a statement. So I'm not concerned at all about match quality. Not from them. Okay. Honestly, in AEW, I don't know if you can put a bad tag team match together. You can. I mean, it all depends on how you look at tag team matches. I'm with Vic, dude. I absolutely hate the uh, the Young Bucks in-ring style and psychology. It bugs me. I love the Bucks. I just want to be fair about that. I think the Bucks are awesome. They're great businessmen. They're entertaining guys. And, you know, they're, they're, pe- they're people I'm fans of. And they're very talented wrestlers. I just do not like how they put matches together. And it's, it's fair. And it, like, AKA Generation Me was a cheap ripoff of the Motor City Machine Guns. Which I also really enjoyed. I like yeah. some Motor City, so we can do that. Well, that's why I'm like, so they're a cheap rip, and they're what have come to prominence. And so I, you're looking at this going, okay. I, can I mean, we can do an entire pod on Young Bucks spots. So, yeah. Well, we, we, we have some point. Point. I can spend one an hour basically bashing on We will, and we can have the argument with me and Pete against Lopaki and Vic, but again, there's not really a point to me because. It's a certain style that is not for everybody, similar to the arguments we've had about Orange Cassidy, who we'll talk about here shortly. Talking about Orange Cassidy, what a transition, NC. exactly where I wanted to go next, because we've talked about the Bucks, but we haven't really talked about the other contenders. So let me run them down real quick. We have the best friends in Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed, as always. We do have... He's now bloody Orange Cassidy. We do have the other tag team in the elite, Omega and Paige. We also have Natural Nightmares, some other people kind of getting some. SCU. Them. No one's mentioned them yet. So let's, uh, let's talk about some other possibilities. If it's not the Bucks, who do you want to see with? Who do you want to see them with? 
the for big, me, it's SCU. NC. You already said the Bucks, Pete, and you would. I already gave you Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. That's right. My bad. NC. Private Party. Me too. Me too. I think I think Private Party is set up for a heel turn. I, I don't. I'm not convinced they pull the trigger. This isn't necessarily a prediction. Just what something I'd like to see is a Private Party heel turn and getting to work with the FTR early on. It, it'll be great for them. Show them how to be heels. We'll see if they can get over the crowd that way. And they can be, you know, one of the top two or three heel teams. Whereas right now they're fifth best, if that, in in the face pool. So, Remind me who LAX is in AEW. PNP. Uh, pride and power, proud and powerful. That would be your other one. Yeah, yeah, I like them. I actually like them a lot. Santana, especially, I will tell you, he is making me a huge fan. So, all right, cool. So, uh, getting pat or actually best friends. <laughs> Do you think that they are the team to take the tag titles off of Page and Omega? I guess this is assuming they defend the belts against Natural Nightmares next Dynamite. I think it's going to be Billy Gunn. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're sold on the best friends and Orange Cassidy, but we're not sold on them as tag champs. Is that, is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Why? Not right now. Why are they not tag champs yet? I just feel that um, storyline-wise, you have to uh, – even though – Everyone knows who they are, and they've been around wrestling forever. I guess, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I just feel the tag division is one of AEW's strong points, and there's so many storylines kind of established and built and teams that could use the titles a lot more. Okay, I get that. I don't, I disagree, though. I think Best Friends are teed up very nicely for a title, a tag team title run. They are the hottest act, and by they, I mean Orange Cassidy. <laughs> they are the hardest, hottest thing in AEW. And uh, every time you get that pop, man, like, like the crowd speaks, and especially in AEW, more so than WWE, they listen. And if you listen to that Orange Cassidy pop, yeah, I'm coining that phrase, the Orange Cassidy pop, that crowd is ready to see them with those belts. Now, I'm not sure they take them off Page and Omega. I would bet they do. Honestly, I feel like that's run its course and the best friends are ready. And I think the the goal should ultimately be to set them up to um, I don't know, there's a few options, but I want them to I want them to get set up with the top heel team and I want them to run and our def, our kind of attention to be there as opposed to right revival or FTR Young Bucks. Like if they were to get a Lucha Bros rivalry or SCU Dirty Turns, which I think is a possibility. Like there are a lot of things I think would be really cool for best friends, which is why I think it could happen. And Paige and Omega, man, they're singles guys. Let's be real. The the ceiling for them are is both AEW world champions. So, you know, it's time to get them back in that picture. Both of them got some great run out of being in a tag team, but it's time to see them in big time singles matches. MC, Bick, do you think best friends take these these tag titles? I'll say yes. I agree it's the right time. I would give you yes solely to capitalize on what you're calling the Orange Cassidy pop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, the, and that's pop. The what pop? Yes. Pulp. Pulp? 
The Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy Pulp. Pulp Pop. Pulp. Pulp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, before we move on from the tag division, anything else you want to shout out? Any teams you're following, really interested in, and anything like that? Um, I will say that I think – I'd just say good for private party. I think that they're – they're going to be a part of some some key storylines, whether they end up turning or not. Uh, you know, Mark Quinn got the shot with Cody on on Dynamite for the the TNT belt. Well, by the way, what was your initial thoughts about that? Do you think Mark Quinn Mark Quinn is uh, destined for that main event slot on more shows? Yes, I do. Pete. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he looks solid. I mean, that was a good match and it's obvious if that they're putting him in that spot against Cody on AEW, they have high plans for him. And and Cody couldn't have put him over more with, with the the video package before talking about wanting to give the shot to the best of the best and, and guys who could do it always and, and you know good good for him, I think. Um they're the ones I'm keeping my eye on right now as this unfolds. And I will say real quick, I know it's still early on, but the uh, open championship challenge that Cody's doing, I think is a great vehicle. It's a great way to get him in the ring with guys that they really want to get some exposure for. Builds the belt along the way. Helps Cody. For me, it's honestly probably my favorite thing going on in AEW right now, more so than what Moxley's up to and definitely more so than what's going on with the women. So, you know, it's – for me, it's hot, man. It really is. I, I think that that's going places. I think we're going to see a lot of future main event, like, staples kind of get passed through there, working with Cody, Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn. So uh, it's really cool, and I do agree. Mark Quinn is a potential future Hall of Famer, should he keep everything, you know, together and all that. He's a very unique athlete. He does things in the ring that I've never seen before, and I've watched a lot of wrestling in my life. So when I can say that about somebody, there's something special. Right. So. Um, all right. Cool. So the other AEW topic I wanted to get to is I do want to talk while we're on the Cody subject. I want to expand it to include Moxley and I want to talk about the rankings for those belts, specifically who are the most worthy challengers for either of the two top titles, either Moxley's or Cody's, since they're kind of linked together here. Who are we hoping gets uh, gets some run at them? We're saying outside of what's already uh, on the book for Fighter Fest. Well, I suppose. No, let's 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 talk about Fighter Fest. What do you? Because I mean, Moxley already has. I mean, the he already has that match with Cage, and I mean, I, I don't know exactly. I I'm not against that. I like the little promo they did with uh, Cage and Moxley in the parking lot with Taz. I thought that was well done to build Cage's character. All right, so Cage is the is the number one contender. What do you guys think about that? Being so new, having not having not really been established on the crowd, like, do you think he's worthy of that spot? That's my frustration that I don't follow AEW as closely as you guys. But from when I read and when I do tune in for clips and segments, is these guys that get pushed to your main event scene so quickly. And they're all outside signees, whether they're a WWE cast off like Hardy, like Harper, or AKA Brody, however you want to reference them, 
whether it's Cage coming in. Obviously, there was the nice conversation that Tony Khan had signed him even when he was injured and basically was paying him the whole time. That I'm looking at these going, yeah, sure, great. But at the same time, where you have some homegrown talent that are beginning to pop or pulp, if you want to, Pete, um, that why are we immediately just forcing these things to the forefront? Again, FTR, you want to talk about them jumping into some contention, immediately looking at them fighting the Bucks, talking about who would we like to see them go against? Sure, great. But at the same time, where are the teams like the Butcher and the Blade that have been here for months now and have done minimal because they weren't a high-target signee? So yes, obviously WWE does the same thing. I'm not going to just bash on AEW for that. But at the same time, it gets a little bit like, okay, here's your latest flavor of the week. Thanks, WCW 3.0. Well, yeah, there's, there is a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of truth in what you're saying. Um, Butcher and Blade uh, is a team that kind of fell flat after their debut. I mean, they were involved in one of the hottest AEW angles, MJF and Cody. And, you know, since then, there hasn't really been a lot to talk about. Now, they are getting to work with FTR out of the gate. And if AEW stays true to their sports-based ranking system, then it does make sense that they need to work up the ladder, which is why I don't think we're going to be getting um, Bucks FTR anytime soon. Now, if we're talking about Brian Cage, oh, MC, go ahead. I have a tangent, and I don't know. I'll let you finish before I go into my How tangent. tangential? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> All right, man, let me get a drink. Seven out of what? Seven out of ten or seven out of a hundred? Big difference. Yeah, I guess I'll let you decide after the fact. Um, there is nothing that annoys me more than starting a title match storyline, setting a, a match or a pay-per-view by heel A attacks babyface B after match, so now you get a title shot. I mean, you're not talking about uh, Jack Hager, are you? I understand that is one of the core storytelling methods of professional wrestling. You punched me, so now I will fight you and punch you more. <laughs> but if you have a title, and like, why is every challenger not just going to hit you? If you're a heel and you're not punching every babyface title, title holder, then you're not doing your job. You're and, not committed to your work. Obviously, you don't want to be here. If you're not jumping our champions at every opportunity. And if, if AEW wants to go into the, the combat sports style, we are going to rank people. We are going to put our matches, you know, our main event matches at the top of the card, like in that sort of UFC boxing type of lineal progression. Mm -hmm. I'm cool for it. But then get rid of the... I'm mad at this guy. He punched me. Let's give him a title shot. Make it be earned. Well, okay. If you take title shots out of that equation, if it's just you punch me and I want to punch you back, is that a good storyline? Why did the first guy throw the punch? Is it worth being featured? But why did the first guy throw the punch? Because a lot of times you're just attacking a baby face for being the, being the baby face or for, in this case, being yeah, the champion. And it is a lazy, you know, way of storytelling. One that we've seen far too often from WWE. But um, I got to say that I don't think Brian Cage falls into any of these, like, boxes. Like, he's not 
a uh, unheard of, unexperienced wrestler. Brian Cage is a world-class wrestler. Brian Cage, if anyone's going to debut and immediately get a title shot and not just be given one, this is, this is an important point. He earned it in a gimmick match where that gimmick is anything can happen. There are nine guys in this ladder match, and any single one of them, whether it was Brian Cage or Joey Janela, had the same chance to get it. So that, that's why I brought earn his it. way into that match? What's up? Did he earn his way into that match? Uh, yeah. My, my point was more about Jake Hager. Definitely. Yeah. Jack. But, but I do think there needs to be some consistency where if you are going to make a sport based off of rankings, then the rankings have to matter. If you are having a ladder match or whatever sort of gimmick match for a shot at the title, then that should be guys three, four, five, six, and seven that are not currently in a on the card. It should be the top ranked guys that are not busy, not holding other titles or fighting for other titles. So everyone, let me get this straight then. Everyone that debuts in AEW debuts at the bottom. No matter if we know who they are, no matter if it's Brian Cage or CM Punk, do they all start at the bottom? Yes. No, I disagree. And I mean, I get it in theory, and I get why, because AEW has said that they want to have this ranking system in real sports field. But no, let's be honest. Like, and no, like, world. I mean, when Eddie Alvarez came over from Bellator to UFC, like, these guys, and actual MMA and boxing, I mean, when you switch promotions or switch whatever, if you have already established a brand and a name for yourself, you get pushed quicker. Like, sure. and, and that's a real thing. I was going to use Cyborg as an example as well, Pete. Absolutely. Cyborg's first fight in Bellator from coming, she went from UFC to Bellator. Her first fight was a title fight. Right, because, and especially going to a lesser brand, like a Bellator, or in this case, a, a younger brand like AEW. Yeah. So does that make it more acceptable then? If it is legitimately a practice within combat sports where rankings are the, you know, most important, is it okay for AEW to do it this way? I think so. I have no problem with it. As, as long as it's still following kayfabe rules. If you're going to acknowledge this guy has a, a resume that is more impressive than all of our other fighters, which is things wrestling promotions don't want to do. Traditionally, AEW has been a lot more open to allowing like past records. I mean, they had the triple A titles defended on their show. Right, right. There is more of that like openness in that company, so maybe maybe yeah, that's a deal. Like, and they have hinted that Brian Cage isn't an unknown quantity; that he is a world class wrestler who's won championships everywhere, and that's true. And that's and they've mentioned Jake Hager is a uh, undefeated MMA uh, fighter, or whatever. I don't know if he's undefeated, but like I I get that there's a ranking system. I just I feel like because they gave him the gimmick vehicle of the the casino ladder match that I'm okay with him getting that title shot. Yeah, maybe okay. I less so if it wasn't Brian Cage, but Brian Cage is worthy of it. Brian Cage is just as good as anyone on the top of that roster. Yeah, I would agree. And again, my my point, which again, it was, my tangent was not super on base. It was more about Hager than it is Cage. Hager, I know. Um, yeah, Nick. NC's just got Hager hate. 
It's it's not. Yes, actually, I do. Um, that's fine. <laughs> but Cage is is deserving of being there, and again, I do think he deserved to be in that that gimmick match. I just think you just need to keep consistency within the rules, like any sort of storytelling, whether it's a book, a movie, TV, or or a wrestling promotion. If you have rules, they need to be followed. There needs to be consistency. So if so what you're telling match- me is Charlotte should still be the NXT Women's Champion, right? Yes. <laughs> The, the next guy that comes over from WWE or TNA or... Well, see, and here's my thing, and this is why I give Hager a pass. Because of travel restrictions, because the other guys that you would maybe want to see in that match aren't available. Like, that's Pat, Pop, whatever. That's his spot. Like, I would love to see a pocket in that picture, and I think that's where he ultimately will be when he comes back. But if you're working with a skeleton staff, you got to make certain, you know... Uh, things and Jake Hager as much as you want to talk about his past with WWE and his foray into MMA he is a name he is a quantity that we know he is a face that we recognize and just by being that it's a better option than dare I say Joey Janela again like are we going to run back MJF are we going to do Darby like we've gone through the other guys We'll see what comes out of Joey Janela after this whole Sunny Kiss thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's fine, but then just use the the storytelling methods. This is not like a a, a necessarily professional wrestling uh, critique. It's it's storytelling. Yeah. It's you are setting up a ranking system to tell us who is worthy of of challenges. Now if there are exceptions, gimmick matches change things. A guy picking a personal fight like like Cody saying that guy's worthy changes things guys having feuds over whatever reason in history changes things it's just to me you need to keep it consistent with what those rankings are reflecting and then how they're to and fro okay I get that I mean I'm not necessarily a fan of the Hager call either I just think that out of what was available it was what sure. hasn't been done yet I would have just rathered Hager have a, a a better reason for the feud next week on Dynamite as opposed to the post-match shenanigans where... Well, well let, let Jericho work his magic. We'll, sure. We'll get one. <laughs> if, if Hager comes out with, with blood oranges to attack Cody, then I'm back in. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, I know uh, some people may have wanted to avoid it, but I do want to touch on the AEW women. Before we do, no. any other thoughts about Moxley and the World Championship with Cage or the potential for Cody and Jake Hager? Any anything that uh, Cody Jake Hager is the official for Fighter Fest. That's right. not potential. Okay, awesome. There we go. So, any any closing thoughts for those two matches? I'm okay with both of them. I don't think either of them are going to be like I'm not gonna like tell all my friends in the world to go like watch those matches but i'm okay with both of them which i i'm not overwhelmed i'm not underwhelmed i am whelmed <laughs> all right yeah so, i know you can be in europe let's keep going all right so let's talk briefly about the AEW women we do have the champion hikaru shida who i believe is the most deserving champion they've had more so deserving than riho and nyla um initial looks like we're initial thoughts or looks like we're going to get a continuation of the Nyla thing right is that fair to say Seems I think it is I think J.K. Rowling would be curious about it 
Oh God. No, we're not crossing to that, that nope. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, so let me ask you guys, cause I know we all agree. Many, many people in the wrestling world agree that the AEW women so far has been the, um, uh, has been the least well-received part of the AEW roster. Okay, I believe that since Nyla took that title off of Riho, that it has improved. So let me ask you guys, do you still think it is as much of a, I don't know, exercise in frustration or lost cause or as bad as it was when uh, it launched? I wouldn't no. go to lost cause. Disappointment, yes. Lost cause, no. It's improved, but it's still not I, – I don't care. That's is the easiest way to put it. I don't care about the AEW's women's division. If, I'm try, if I didn't have the ability to watch TV, that would be my smoke break. <laughs> Bake, do you have any thoughts about the women? Uh, I refuse to acknowledge their existence. So Half of this party thinks the AEW women's division is imaginary. Just say that, throw that out there. But uh, I will acknowledge them, and I will tell you that I do think it is improving. I know I mentioned it a second ago, but I want to go a little bit deeper. If you look at that recent run, Nyla, Karushita, and Britt Baker all took massive jumps forward in front of that crowd. Now, if you have what's building to be a core at the top of that division, then you can really start to you know, set things up the way they should. And you can start having better matches. You can start telling more compelling stories. There is a wrench with Baker's injury, but that's really why I wanted to kind of take the spots. Because I will tell you that Britt Baker and what they're doing with her rehab videos and her interviews, that is the best thing. that Next to making she the champion, that's the best decision the women's, they've made for the women's division. We have more respect for Baker. She's putting on better promos. She's not great. I've said this before. I don't think she's a good promo, which is why she has so much stuff around her. But you keep putting her out there with Tony Schiavone next to her with a mic, and you let them work that chemistry. Britt Baker's going to stay relevant. And when she comes back, I look for huge things. Okay? I'll agree. All yeah, right. Baker's the uh, brightest, uh, like the brightest prospect in the AEW's women's division, in my opinion. I've She was my favorite when... Uh, the show first launched and I mean yeah it's only continued your comment about her being the brightest in the women's division leads that to so many metaphors that I'm just going to ignore (laughs) all right so um, that's actually everything we had on the AEW docket so uh, before we cut to our last commercial here anything else you guys want to want to address I'm good Pete, Pete and I have alluded to it a couple of times, but we were talking off the air. And oranges as a weapon, bloody blood oranges as a weapon, top notch. That Hats whole, all right, yeah, no, I do Hats have off. something. Hats that, off. That whole post Cassidy thing by Chris Jericho, his promo, I mean, uh, Orange Cassidy blading, I'm pretty sure he bladed. I don't think he did it the hard way. Like, the puns in there, like with straight serious, I had no idea what was going on. I hated it. I loved it. I was confused. It was amazing. <laughs> Agree. Agree. It was. It there was definitely like fun, like like action packed, fun filled with puns, which is kind of the whole the whole like gimmick, right? So yeah, 
And like, it was like the worst bad scene I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's not something I would ever show somebody to try to get them into professional wrestling, but it's something I'm going to enjoy and talk to Pete about enjoying. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fair. I, I, I can appreciate it. All right. So uh, with that, then let's go ahead and cut to this last commercial. I'd like to say let's pay some bills, but honestly, it's just a commercial about us. So if anyone's listening, this ad space is available. All right, everyone, just real quick. It is really important support wise for us growing podcasts do need support from listeners and people like you. So please like rate, review, comment, retweet, you know, all of that. But most of all, dude, we hope you that we hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, we do have one more segment coming up. It's uh, something we're debuting. It's called the three count. Now the three count is our closing thoughts, not necessarily wrestling related. You know, we may end up commenting on things going on in the world and all that, but it is uh, what we want to send you off with. So everybody three count one, two, three. Oh, come on. I had to, I had to. All right, so as is my uh, prerogative as host, I will save my three count thoughts for last. Do we have any volunteers to, to get us uh, started? NC. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Obviously, anyone listening is on the internet. If you're on the internet, you know the world is a mess right now in, in more ways than one. Everybody's been going through a lot. Um, all we, we do here at the Botch Finish, I think I could speak for all of us, is you know just say that we are, we are with everybody with our support. We all our stand for the fact that black lives matter and that's the bare minimum of what we need to be saying. We are all, also, none of us are black people. So what I would say to all of you is, you know, do your, do your reading research, listen to black voices, support black voices, donate if you can. The new day podcast with Andreas Hale, who's, who's someone that's it's a fantastic writer in his own right. Talked a lot about, everything going on in the world and uh, the ideas of, of what it is to be black in America, really impactful stuff, raw and emotional in a way that, you know, seeing it promoted by WWE uh, social media is rare, but something that I thought was a, a really good step as well as, you know, Mark Quinn had the Black Lives Matter armband, Keith Lee on his, on his robe. And it's, it's nice to see the support from the wrestlers and the fact that they're allowed to, to, stand and and show their voice so that is all i have to say on that no you're right the outpouring of of support from wrestlers has been um has been encouraging so uh pete Vic. yeah i i got one uh first of all i just want to uh say i love what nc said there i was I think that's uh, really important right now, and I think everyone needs to uh, do their due diligence about what's going on in the world. But uh, something I would like to highlight really quickly, uh, we spend this show focusing on uh, WWE and AEW, but I am excited for New Japan to return next week, and I know uh, Lopaki's talked about some opportunities to talk about that in the future, and I think they're going to be doing some great things over there that I'm excited for in the wrestling world. Yeah, no, uh, Pete brings up a good point. Not only are we uh, relaunching this show, but we do have multiple shows a week. One of them is the undercard, which we will go in depth on. Uh, well, every wrestling company making news outside of WWE and AEW. I look to be joined by Pete and NC, hopefully this weekend. Get into a lot of NJPW talk. So if you're a fan of uh, you know international or independent wrestling, man, make sure you tune in. Same place as always, the Botch Finish Pod. 
Yeah, and, and not to double dip, but when, when we'll talk more about it on the on the undercard. But MLW signing with with the zone is something that I'm pretty excited about too, and we'll talk more about that next week. Vic. So my thought in this time is, we're here creating a bit of content, creating a bit of something to one entertain ourselves, but also potentially entertain somebody else. And it's remembering that we all have a voice, whether we choose to use that voice for a Black Lives Matter movement, whether we choose to use that voice to speak out against cyberbullying, whether we choose to use that voice to remember some of those that we have lost in recent, Nick, that's just adorable. Whether we use that voice to remember some of those that we have lost in the trying times. We are all going through a lot this year. This has been one of the most difficult years of my life. Literally, you can make your jokes about apocalypse bingo, but we're all living it. So in a time like this, it's all about figuring out how you can reach out a hand and help someone. And if you have a little bit of patience and a little bit of time, reach out and help someone else. I'm not saying anyone in particular, but I'm saying we are all in this together, and the only way we make it through this is together. Well said. Well said, as usual, Bick. Um, you know, one of the things I love most about wrestling is it provides an escape and a distraction from a lot of what's going on around you. You know, it's, it is easy to really, you know, zone out and tune in to one of your favorite wrestlers or catch a show. And as much as I, I love to talk about it and I love to, to be a part of this wrestling community, it is always something to keep in mind that there is a bigger world outside of outside of what we do and what we enjoy. And that world right now is at a major point, in my opinion, a major point in history. So I will tell you that I hope we get it right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hopeful for. There's a lot of stuff going on. I do caution everyone to be careful, not only with um, you know, the racial unrest or, or COVID, but you know, we're not around a lot of people right now. We're, we're lacking a lot of interaction. And for a lot of people, that's rough. So if you are having a hard time, you know, you're feeling down or whatever, reach out. You know, we are a community of wrestling fans. And in my experience, more often than not, you're able to find people that, you know, think similarly and are willing to help, man. So I do want to make sure that I get that out there. If anyone is feeling down during quarantine, you know, we have an entire world of wrestling fans to reach out to. And then lastly, the only way to affect real change is in the ballot box. And that happens this November. So um, I don't care who you vote for. I'm not here for, for that conversation. I just will tell you that if any year has shown that our voices should be heard, it's this one. So get out and vote in November. Well said. And I, I would like to uh, add it off of what you said. If you, uh, like, if Rob's, uh, like Lepaki said, if you feel that you need to reach out to someone, my, uh, Twitter inbox is always open. Feel free to message me about anything at any time. And I'm, I, I feel- All of us are more than willing to respond to anybody at any time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all acknowledge that, that mental health is very important and it's very important that you take care of yourselves and having somebody to talk to is, is honestly a great place to start there, so. Yep, well, well said guys. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. That is gonna be the welcome back, go home show. 
Uh, I plan on getting this cut and put up as quickly as possible. Do look out for the backlash preview and hopefully, or the backlash preview this weekend and hopefully the undercard dropping early next week with uh, some new Japan stuff. Again, if you want to follow the podcast, we do really appreciate the support. You can find us on Twitter. That's at botched underscore finish we do have the blog up and running and i will be adding to that over the next few days that's at the botched or sorry botched finish dot home dot blog you can get at me on twitter at rob lopaki r-o-b-l-o-p-a-k-i you see the rest of the handles under everyone's name if you want to drop and go ahead and do that now otherwise can i make a quick plug here go ahead um non-wrestling related but for all of our wrestling basketball crossover fans, like I know we are here at the Botch Finish. I did publish a piece on the Knickswall.com today. It's a couple thousand words on Denny of Dia and why the Knicks should take him in the draft. May not be your thing, but if it is, check it out. It's on my Twitter as well. Man, we're all about the cross coverage here. So yeah. um, at, at some point, I, I've been, once probably we get into the off season, whenever that is in basketball in a couple months for the 20 days that we'll have an off season. I, I have a, a good uh, wrestling basketball crossover comparison article brewing up here. So you'll see it at some point. That'll be fun. All right, guys. Well, um, again, everyone who's out there listening or watching, thank you for the support. We do appreciate it. Please remember to like, rate, review, comment, subscribe. Hopefully you enjoyed what was an honest conversation from the Botch Finish. And that was an honest conversation about wrestling brought to you by the Bosch Finish. They're keeping the fans entertained. They're keeping the fans entertained. Everybody want a title shot, but nobody's trying to rehearse. People complaining quite a lot, but don't want to put in the work. I'll be jumping in feet first. Keep on collecting the checks. This right here is a free verse. I ain't going to finish the rest. <laughs>